0: Well, hello there, Richard Tubb here with another interview, and I'm joined today by a very good friend of mine. Mark Matthews is the owner and CEO of Bromsgrove-based MSP, ATG IT, one of the most progressive IT businesses in the UK. Uh, Established in 1989, ATG offers compliance, IT support, and IT security services to clients all over the UK. Mark himself is also an executive director of the Network Group, the UK's premier IT group for resellers and retailers, and he also serves on the executive council for the Comptia UK Channel Community. He's a very busy man, as you would gather. So I'm grateful for his time today, Mark. Welcome to Tub Talk. Welcome, Richard. Good to be on the uh, on the talk. Well, we've been friends for a, been friends for a long time, and I've been talking about having you on the podcast for ages, and so now we finally get
1: to it. It has been too long, trying to get our <laughs> diaries to match up for, for the last couple of years almost. So, Well, you and I became great friends a number of years ago
0: when our mutual friend Philip Morgan introduced us. Philip, of course, the, the Managing Director of uh, Continuum uh, in EMEA. And I think it's fair to say Philip has been a great
1: influence on both of us. Yeah, Philip, uh, I think Philip was the first person that sent me a book. Hmm. Philip sent me The Fred Factor. And uh, that was uh, a pivotal moment in my life, shall we say, reading The Fred Factor and realising that uh, I was just like Fred. Mm.
0: So, and you and, I, you and I have sort of, um, uh, we started out our friendship sort of sending each other books, didn't we, that we, uh, that we
1: both enjoyed? Yeah, yeah, I wrote an article about this the other day, that there's nothing better than receiving something from somebody in the post that you haven't got a clue who that was from, but somebody went out thought of you enough that they'd package it up and send to you. Yeah. Uh, and at times it's of, uh, you know, you've got to be, uh, have that mindset that you're going to do it, do something for somebody else without asking for any recognition. You know, and to quote Bob Berg in the go-giver book, you've got to live your life on that basis. Sometimes it'd be quite hard. But uh, again, as I wrote about the other day, I had a letter arrive for, from something I did three years ago. So it's, uh, you, you know, we none of us, that are trying to be progressive and trying to do things at the, the forefront of the IT and in, in the leadership. Uh, uh, we really understand the people that we are touching.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And you and I have talked about that before. So I'm really grateful for Philip for introducing us. He's a a great bloke and he's a good connector of people as well. I want to talk more about Continuum and how that relationship has helped your business. But before we do, uh, tell us a bit more about ATG and the journey. So you founded the
1: business in 1989. Talk us through uh, how things have progressed since then. So we found the business in 1989. We were we started off as a, an Apple dealer. That's what the, uh, the ATG stood for at the time, which was Apple Tree Graphics. That was the uh, wonderful name I came up with in my bedroom on uh, probably dark and dingy day in 1989 because uh, I was an Apple dealer. I worked for the second largest Apple dealer, got made redundant, said ATG. up. Um, then, you know, dealt with Apple Direct over the years, then found PCs were the future sorry Mac fans but I am on a Mac at the moment and I use an <laughs> Apple Watch and I also use an Apple phone but PC is the future um, so um, yeah we, we, we then grew we grew big enough that we had an office in Warsaw, in Poland uh, that we looked after uh, a European property developer worldwide uh, and we, we grew there it's, uh, it's been a good journey To well in January the 9th we're 31 years old 31 years old goodness me I wish I was 31 <laughs>
0: And you've, you've recently celebrated your 50th birthday, haven't you? 52nd, unfortunately. 52nd birthday, wow.
1: Yeah,
0: I know. Well, you, you don't look a day over 50,
1: mate. Thank you very much, I'm very pleased for that. Uh, and I now have two grandchildren. Recently, two grandchildren, so they, they'll attempt to keep me young. Indeed, they
0: will. So I want to dig into something, you know, we've talked about your involvement in the network group Um, you're on the um, uh, Executive Director there, you're also on the Executive Council of CompTIA UK Channel Community, you've been in business 32 years with ATG. I think it's clear, but perhaps elaborate a bit on what your philosophy is towards collaboration with other IT businesses. Because, and before you answer that actually... For the benefit of people who don't know about your and I re- uh, relationship, we've been friends for a few years. But actually, I used to run a managed service provider based in the Birmingham region, not too far down the road from you. So we were essentially, without knowing it, competitors back in the day, weren't we? But yes. friendly competitors, I should say. But
1: collaboration with the right e businesses, what does that mean to you? Um... So I'm happy enough in a, you know, I, my, my life, I, I run on a thing. I'm the book The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. You know, I know you've interviewed Bob, Bob yourself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm all for collaboration. Um, I've, been, I've been having an email conversation with a guy in Australia that met me at Continuum three years ago, asking me questions. Um, uh, we've had Continuum events in my office where we've had Continuum staff here and we've trained network group members up on how to get the best out of Continuum. Um, I think the the problem that I probably felt before I you know started to read books and to get better at leadership was that I thought I had the secret sauce and nobody else knew about it and actually if I told you then I'd lose some of my secret sauce that's Mm -hmm. just not how it works you know I've actually got at this moment in time my FD David Carr is with uh, a company called Ingenia which are a uh, a IT Nation Evolve member. They're up here, up here today in my office. He's come up from Brighton to come and spend the day with us to look at how we do sales and marketing, how we use Continuum, how we use uh, Connectwise in our business, so he can help his business better. It's we almost ad- you know I don't expect anything back at Simon that's come, but um, if you if you offer a, you know you work in a go giveaway, it will come back in some other way. Yes. You'll get something back. So we all can't know everything. So at some time, we're going to have to collaborate with something, with somebody. So um, in my mind, why not collaborate with as many people as you can, get the trust from them people? It ends up a two-way relationship then. Um, And that's what we get at Network Group as well, or or at CompTIA, or at IT Nation Evolve or HTG as it was. You know, when people collaborate, you become better yourself. And actually, to be honest, even if you don't get anything directly out of the collaboration, you feel so much better for doing it. Yeah. You know, my take on it is it's a bit like when you're helping somebody out and you give the big issue man £2. I particularly don't want to read the big issue book, but as soon as I give the £2, I feel so much better for making a difference. So collaboration, I think, is the future for IT, uh, an IT, MSP, whatever you want to call ourselves nowadays, but as MSP people in the it community i think the more collaboration we can do the better yeah that makes for everybody sense. we all grow and we raise up together all at the same time
0: yeah the old the old phrase what is a rising tide lifts all boats
1: T- totally yeah. and not yeah. everybody believes in that but you know the more and more people that spread the word and you spread the word and i do and other people philip morgan etc then you know the more people will understand it and get it at home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So collaboration is a big part of the business. It's uh, played a big part in uh, the success of ATG. Yeah. But as we've we've talked about 32 years, and collaboration actually in the, those 32 years is a fairly relatively uh, sort of new thing uh, to you. It's only sort of cropped up in the last 10 years or so. So over the past 30 years, what would you say the biggest challenge to scalable growth um,
1: at ATG has been for you? Okay, so we could say the... Um... The normal stuff that everybody would say. So it's growth, it's marketing, it's sales, etc. But the the biggest thing really, it's having the right people on board. Um, but the biggest change in us as a business is uh, is me. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's realizing that actually you can't do everything, you can't know everything. You've got to be humble enough to step out of the way and let other people to do the job better than what you can do yourself. Mm. So you've got to get, take your ego away from things, I believe, because um, there's a lot better people, a lot more qualified than I am to, uh, to do the work we do. And years ago, it was all down to me. You know, the customer would always phone me on a Sunday night because the email had gone down because they thought they'd get a better response from me with the tech team. Well, actually, if you, if you get the tech team to be as good as they can and the customer understands that, then there's no reason for the, them to be bothering the owner of the business. And to be honest, if you've got to have me fix your computer, then four, you've got big problems. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you've sort of really
0: embraced this uh, this idea of surrounding yourself with good people. And, you know, we've already mentioned Philip Morgan uh, at Continuum. Uh, Continuum is now a big part of ATG's business, isn't it, as one of the yeah. business partners that you outsource to. You're, I know you're a massive uh, believer in outsourcing. You've partnered with Continuum on their sort of master MSP model. W- what does that relationship
1: with Continuum look
0: like for ATG?
1: Well, I'm lucky enough that I'm on the Partner Advisory Council for the European Partner Advisory Council. I've been asked a number of times to speak to them or speak for them. So I've spoken in Boston, I've spoken in uh, the UK a number of times and I've spoken in Las Vegas. So we have a relationship there, you know, with Oscar and the rest of the team that's there, you know, the, the, the past members and the, new, and the new team and Philip, obviously, I've known Philip for quite a few years now. So, um, look, relationships are very uh, – we need relationships in business, and I deal with Continuum because of the relationships and what they provide me as a business. So, um, you know, yeah, I, I, look, I love Continuum. So they, they work really well for my business. So I've been using them four years now. So,
0: And what specifically, what do Continuum do for ATG? Do they look after you or
1: knock? What, what, what sort of work do they do with you? So we've just got our first help desk customer that we're just putting on. Uh, we obviously use their RMM tool. So they're NOC and they sock. SOC. So they offer us, we've got compliance services off them and we've also, we use their NOC services. NOC is what we started with really yeah. because we, we can only be as good as the, the, the team that we've got. Uh, our customers are wanting more, better, faster, quicker, longer hours, et cetera. Um, so we subscribe to their NOC. So in effect, we've got, what is it now? Seven, 800 NOC technicians there for us that know, I would say a lot more than what we do. Yeah. They're seeing a lot of the tickets, the problems that happen, and they handle those for us. And, and how big is your physical team there in Bromsgrove? How many employees do you have? So we're now seventeen in February in Feb first. I've just I've just employed what will be my integrator, so slash MD, mm-hmm. which will he's coming in on the the third of February. So we'll be eighteen people. I'm quite comfortable at eighteen. I think so, but eighteen
0: is. Uh, deceptive really because you're you're actually punching a, a much uh sort of a bigger scale with just 18 staff and i think part of that is because of these relationships with continuum and other people that you talk about
1: yes well the the, the, the new guy that we're employing the first thing i said well look we're only 18 people or 17 18 with you and he went yeah but you're not are you you're 818 people yeah and I think that's what you need to understand, that um, Continuum are there to help you and to actually take off you that mundane, boring work that actually you probably wasn't really doing anyway. Yeah. What sort of things, mundane, boring? You're
0: talking about, like, backup and stuff like that? Or?
1: Well, I mean, we use them for backup. You asked me what we use them for, but we, we, we've we got some... We use a couple of people for backup. Continuum seems... He, he's just one of them. We use their... their their backup side as well as their knock and the sock and the compliance stuff I think we use every bit of continuum but um, just the normal stuff that actually is quite brainless all the proactive stuff that you have to do now so before people were called MSPs and I know people call themselves MSPs now as a matter of course as soon as you're in IT but a lot of people were break-fix and they used to have to wait for the customer to phone them the customer told them what the problem is and then they go and fix it of course now The world's changed. I remember us having six vans outside and all our engineers used to dart off around the country in their van uh, to go and rush and fix the problem. Of course, nowadays we don't need to fix the problem that way because our RMM tool, we can dial in and fix that issue instantly if the NOC haven't fixed that already. So all the proactive stuff, whether that be patching, uh, uh, security compliance stuff, all that stuff's done automatically. And... um, I asked my service desk manager earlier on, uh, Chris Savagat, what sort of percentage continuum we're doing of our tickets. And they do 50% of our tickets now. So all of the proactive work, so whether that's on a desktop or it's on a server, or it's backup checks on the backups that they have, they're, they're doing that work when we're not here. So, yeah. you know, my engineers can only work eight hours a day. I know as an owner I'd like them to work 16, but, <laughs> you know, modern workforce and all that, we, we, you know, we can only work eight hours a day. Okay, we've got a few shift places we do, but they do all of that work out of hours. So no longer do we have, you know, we don't come into a Monday morning again with a server off because the knock will have noticed it going down or a service not starting on a Saturday. Fix the problem, and, and really the first thing we know about it is, we've got a ticket raised on our ConnectWise saying that they fixed the problem. Yes. Which otherwise, in the olden days, we'd have had to then jump engineers on it, engineers at that time. By that time, the customer's highly agitated, should we say, because their email's not flowing. Um, and we don't have that anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, I remember well running my own MSP, coming in on a Monday morning yeah. and uh, preparing for the onslaught, preparing for all of the stuff that's happened over the weekend. And, and you know, my own MSP moved to the continuum model after a while. And it just makes life so much easier. And it also <laughs> enabled then engineers to get on and to do high-value work. Yeah, clients, so the, 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 the engineers
1: that were doing the brake fix not the you stuff, but the, the proactive stuff that we can automate are now doing projects. Yeah which uh, are obviously a a good revenue generator because, well, actually as well, you're getting the project done in a quicker time because you can handle more projects than you used to years ago and you haven't added any more resource onto the company. So for us, it really works.
0: So I'm intrigued, you know, uh, that services, Continuum and other people offer these type of services out there. Why did you choose to outsource that type of work to Continuum rather than build it yourself at ATG?
1: Okay, so there's a number of ways. Uh, training's not cheap. Mm. It, it can take a long time. Plus, uh, you know, you've got to, you want to have people that specialise in certain areas. You don't want to be a master of nothing. So you need specialisations. Well, Continuum have got that. You know, they've got areas of their company that you can go to. So skill set is a big thing. They have a far greater, wider breadth of knowledge and skill set than we can have, plus the cost. The sheer cost to build your own knock would just be, it would be silly. Um, you know, I've seen lots of um, MSPs loosely called that. They say they've got a data centre and it's actually under their stairs in their building. It's not <laughs> yes. a real data centre, but that's what they call it. Uh, and it's the same when someone builds a knock or a SOC. You know, just because, you know, Terry, who you employ, has done some security training, doesn't mean to say you've now got a SOC. So it's about collaborating with people that are better at doing the job than you are, but actually admitting that's the case and dealing to your own strengths. So it's three things. Well, four, really. It's specialisation, it's skill set, it's cost, and it's the time to do it. We're in such a fast-moving world. By the time you've developed it, you'd have to start again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing, Mark. I've heard some MSPs worry when I've spoken to them about the outsource model, the master MSP model, whatever you want to call it, they've been worried that outsourcing some of their service delivery will mean they are too similar to other MSPs. What are your thoughts on that concern?
1: Uh, Well, uh, I remember when um, we were first putting Continuum in, and some people that were putting Continuum, other dealers, were their techs were worried that Continuum were looking to take their jobs away. You know, and there are some MSPs that, we did, that were putting Continuum in to then save some money on staff. Yeah. Um, and it could be similar on the surface with getting into bed with like someone like Continuum um, that, you know, when we moved to them, they hadn't been around a great deal of time. You know, I knew some of the people there, so I've got confidence in what they were telling me was going to be right. And I think Gary Peeker says um, that, you know, we're all the same on the surface, MSPs. So on the surface, you know, we we all offer 24-hour support or we can do. We're all Microsoft partners. We're all 365 experts. We all, uh, our customer satisfaction is all the same. You know, or mine's at 99%, or so is mine. I'm a Microsoft partner, so, so am I, Etc. Etc. et cetera. What's the differentiator? Well, you know, it's our staff that make the difference. So, whilst on the surface it might seem that I'm the same as another 20, 100 other MSPs, that might be the case. But um, look, you can't do the sock yourself or the knock. Well, you can, but it won't be as good. If you're not doing it, not providing the services to your customers in the first place, there's other people out there, but continuum to me, for me anyway, uh, fitting to my model and how I work, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm always talking about them, if, I, if I'm honest, probably hence I'm, you know, I was asked to do yeah. this talk with you today. But um, I think that's very short-sighted on the on the MSP to think that. Um, because it's the staff and that make the difference. You know, the yes. cu- customers don't necessarily know that who's doing the work, and I truly believe that the customer doesn't care who's doing the work. I would agree. Yeah. You know, I had a problem this morning with my my email starting wanting to rebuild itself. The database had got corrupt. When I found my support desk earlier on to do it, I didn't care who I spoke to. I don't mind. I just want it sorted, and I believe that's what the customers want as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so. Again, I get your point, and I've heard that before, but I don't think that stands up. And I think if they, if they, I think if they thought about it more and were a bit more progressive as an MSP dealer, they'd understand what somebody like Continuum can add to them to free up resources that, they, that then can make them stand out in the areas that the client actually cares about.
0: Yeah, absolutely agreed, 100%. Let's dig into that, actually, while we're on the topic. So we've already talked about... Um, you're one of the first MSPs that I know uh, to offer compliance services to yeah. clients. So how has working with uh, Continuum, how has uh, uh, embracing that master MSP, the outsource model, <coughs> allowed you to develop the non-service delivery parts of your business?
1: Well, well, the honest answer is it's, um, so when we first dealt with Continuum, it was because we wasn't, you know, we might like a lot of people saying they do, they, they're proactive, but in reality, are you really? Um, so as you mentioned earlier on, that the fact that we're now doing the proactive work, it's not us doing it. Continuum, we're doing it. That's freed up our team to be then doing other services. So we haven't continuum hasn't uh, directly said that we're going to helped us go down that route that's us as a business that we've decided we're going to go down this compliance route because this is where I believe the MSP world is going. <clears throat> you know, we're, we're outsource our help desk and the mundane tasks to, to continuum. You know, I wouldn't want to be an IT engineer today or try to be one. You know, continuing bringing out a brilliant AI service. They're working on it all the time that will fix most of the stuff automatically without the client even knowing. So, okay, what are your engineers going to do then? Well, let's put them on high-value things. What's high value at the moment is security and compliance. We're becoming a more compliant world because of the lack of security. You know, one thing like cyber essentials, things like that, and and IASME. Smaller businesses are going to have that in years to come. So let's get some of those engineers that were doing what were mundane and boring tasks, let's get them to do compliance. So... It wasn't a conscious decision, we're using Continuum, let's start doing compliance. It was just something that actually we believe that's where the world is going. We've got these staff now, they can do projects or we can go compliance. We're now focusing on security and compliance, that's it. We're not focusing in, every, in any other area. So Continuum, yeah. I suppose, has allowed us to do it without going out and finding fresh resource because we already have the staff. So we've just retrained them in an area that is is great for them because it gives them longevity for their career, for a start. And it gives them a very rewarding job because it's not answering a phone call about somebody's printer not working or my mouse has stopped or, you know, I forgot my password.
0: Yeah. And I think because uh, clients, MSP clients, expect that now. That's yeah, no longer that's a the differentiator. That's the norm, no, 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 isn't that, it, Mark?
1: That's, that's absolutely, absolutely a norm. If you can't do the basics of looking after IT, I say to people now, because people, when we're seeing new customers, you know, the sales guys will say, well, they're asking us, can we do this and that? And I sort of go, well, that's basic stuff. If we can't do that after 32 years in business, <laughs> we want shooting. But not everybody can do compliance and security because you need a different caliber of staff to do that sort of stuff. To have you know, almost the VCIO role where you're talking at board level about the strategy of IT, an engineer, a normal IT engineer can't be on a service desk one day and go and do that. So we've retrained our staff to be able to go and do that and to be able to sit in front of the, you know, the client at the highest level.
0: Yeah, absolutely makes sense. And I think going back to what we were saying about all MSPs being the same, this is one of the differentiators, isn't it, when you can offer progressive services, which is why I refer to ATG as one of the most progressive MSPs. You're, already, you're at the cutting edge of, of compliance, but this is how MSPs differentiate
1: themselves, isn't it? 100% that's where I believe. You know? uh, in, uh, in IT Nation Evolved, they call it curve jumping. You, you jump onto the next curve. Uh, and, our, you know, the, the next curve, the, the one curve's happened, the next one's about to, in the next two, two or three years, security and compliance, that will be the forerunner of everything. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree. We've more. got to keep our data secure. Mm. Yeah. You know, GTBR, a lot of people think the bandwagon has gone. It hasn't. We've, I've got engineers out today doing uh, GDR compliance surveys on people, on customers, yeah. and some large businesses as well, not not little people. Yeah. You know, not ten and fifteen users; these are hundreds and hundreds of users. So, it's uh, that security compliance opens you up to a larger a pool as well—the people mm-hmm. that might have already in-house IT, which normally we wouldn't touch because they've got in-house IT. We're not going to go and attempt to deal with a two, three thousand user company because it's out of our out of our uh, you know our comfort zone, our knowledge levels. But actually, with the backing of the SOC and the NOC, we've got services now that these guys have to go and buy. Well, hello, they can buy it from us instead of, you know, the computer centre or the SCC.
0: Yeah.
1: That's where I'll see the future going, because we're more progressive. Absolutely. You could not agree more. Uh, one of the things
0: I want to do whenever I record these interviews with people like yourself, Mark, is... Uh, I like to put myself in the shoes of the listener. So the people who are listening to this will be your peers, the Mm -hmm. owners of fellow MSPs, IT professionals. They're going to be listening to this and I can almost hear them saying, this all sounds brilliant, you know, the continuum, the master MSP model, Mm -hmm. but... Well, what challenges do you have when you first bring Continuum on board? So let me ask that question to you, Mark. When you know what are the hurdles that you had to overcome with uh, embracing Continuum as a partner, and how did you overcome
1: them? Okay, so I mean, my, I had a few big, bigger hurdles actually because I was joining HTG as it was, that's now Connectwise IT Nation Evolve. So to be a member of that, you had to have Connectwise. Mm. I was on Kaseya at the time and we were just managing servers. We wasn't managing desktops because actually that wasn't done in those days. That's how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we we put ConnectWise in and then we also looked at Continuum. We put them both in in one go. And I remember my peers at HTG at the time thinking I was absolutely (laughs) crazy.
0: I'm pulling your face just now. But, but, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we changed PSA and we changed RMM at the same time. And the biggest lesson that I suppose, actually, it worked well, and we're still on it today and we, you know, we're not going anywhere and we're not changing anything for ConnectWise uh, and Continuum. Well, in fact, they're both Continuum. The, you know, from the new year, I think they're both called Continuum. But, um, so uh, what's the biggest things? Well, the biggest mistakes people do is they don't train the staff. So prior to us putting, uh, and we're talking about continuum, but all of the staff we sent home for the day, the training was eight hours long at the time, their university. I I think that's trained now, but it's changed now. But when we did it, it was eight hours long. So we sent all the guys home individually. So Adam was on a Monday, you know, Martin was on a Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. So we got the 10 guys that we had fully trained up on continuum before we even installed an agent. That's the that was the biggest thing, um, because I'd seen so many places before that they'd the boss had said he'd seen Continuum at a show, he'd gone right we're using Continuum now guys it's brilliant he'd rolled it into his support desk that A was worried that fifty percent of their work was now going to be done via the knock uh, and they got scared about that what are we going to do now because it wasn't sold correctly to them and also they didn't give them any training so. There was problems then happened. There was, you know, the data wasn't all filled out. It was in some Excel spreadsheet somewhere. It wasn't in ConnectWise or in IT Glue or whatever system that you're using. So, um, so it was about training. It was about communication and it was about documentation before you go and do any of those, go go and put it in, make sure those three are nailed first and you won't have a problem. Um, you know for us we don't have a problem we sorted all our problems out in the early days and they were mostly down to us and the lack of communication from our end or the lack of the form being filled out correctly or you know don't touch this server between 8 and 12 and we hadn't got those details you know in the documents you know so it's and that's a maturity thing about getting your house in order before you do anything yeah so that's the biggest problems i see now which is why we did the Open Day for Network Group and we had sort of 40 members come here and Continuum did a training session in one go for everybody. And, he, you know, he, that's the the one. The, so it's three things, training, communication, documents. That's it. If you nail those, uh, he, oh, I actually think, I've, I've said this on the EPAC, I don't think you should be allowed to have Continuum or actually any software unless you've got those first. <laughs> yes. But visionaries like me come from a show, we see something and we tell people you're going to roll this in. And, of course, we walk out the door and leave them to it. Yeah. And it just ruins it. But if you, if you did that, training, comms and documentation – that, that's the biggest issue
0: that absolutely makes sense and the MSPs that I've worked with all over the world um, you know when they get down this road of outsourcing the master MSP model the biggest challenge I see is that it, it they almost abdicate responsibility they okay. say there you go right uh, continue model whomever it is right you're in charge of that now go and of course even you have would, the problem solved <laughs> exactly but you would never hire a new member of staff or a team of engineers and not give them documentation, not give them onboarding, any of those things. So what you're saying,
1: absolutely. But, but makes we sense. do because we're in such a fast-moving industry. You know, you blink and you've missed it. So you know, we, we need everything onboarded straight away. You know, it, it's uh, I, I know some horror stories of people putting in Continuum, not giving the staff training, and then saying it's no good. Well, you didn't have any training. What do you expect? Mm. so you know for us we documented everything i made i had team leads here that were responsible for any problems you went to that person first they looked at the issue and then it was diagnosed what the problem is and then maybe it went back to continuum but in the early days we had a few issues and i would say nine times out of ten it was us that was at fault yeah when we dug into it it was us And it was, you know, we hadn't clicked a button, we hadn't put a schedule in, the documentation wasn't right. And you you live and learn from that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let, let's talk about the future of the industry. We've already touched upon that, and we said, you know, how compliance and differentiation in services. So Paul Dipple, who's a, a service leadership, has been on this podcast before. He's a mutual friend of both yours and I. He this year, service leadership produced a report, and I'll include a link in the show notes to anybody who's not read yeah. that report. That stated there's going to be a whole lot more merger and acquisition activity in the MSP market, and the MSPs who use the. Continuum, the master MSP model, are much more attractive to potential buyers. So for, for, for you at ATG, you know, you've got a thriving business there. Is that a part of your decision to continue partnering with uh, Continuum,
1: that it makes you more attractive to buyers? Um, well, it, I'm not being funny. We haven't even thought about not partnering with them. So it's never been a question, or we'll just continue with them because, you know, it makes us more attractive. Um I can understand why it does make us more attractive, though. You know, like most MSPs out there, we'll have all had the, you know, the investment funds come knocking on our door to see what we, you know, if we want to be bought out to build a bigger MSP, there's, you know, that's going on at this moment in time with various people. Um, I understand that, but if we were to build our own NOC and SOC services, instead of being 17 staff, we might be 35 staff, which actually in turn is going to make us less profitable. So... Um, and as Paul Dipples you – know, obviously, I get Paul Dipples' data because of service leadership and being in IT Nation Evolve. I see a lot of Paul, uh, and I've seen this, this report. Um, the collaboration and joining of MSP, you only want to join the best together. You know, you, you don't want to join someone that's not making any money because they're just going to take the money away from the people that are. So uh, I understand that if, if you've got if you're running on the right level of staff – not excessive levels of staff, and you're providing a service that shows that you're a bigger company than you are. You know, you, you're, you're hitting well above your weight in the size of business that you're dealing with. It does come in a bottom line because that's what Paul's report says. You know, that you, the ones that use Continuum make more money. If they do it properly, they make more money. Well, of course, uh, investment funds will go and buy people that are making more money and pull all of those together... Because why wouldn't they? It'd be silly to go and buy people that are not making as much money and have got their own sock and more people. So uh, I totally understand that's why it's there. And and actually, that's what we're going to be building on more and more in the future. We've just sold our first help desk to a multinational company that's got offices in the States, the UK and Europe. So we're offering 24-7 by continuum. Now, I could have never won those as a support customer because I... I don't follow the sun. My support desk doesn't follow the sun. So, you know, when you, when they're in Boston or something, they're phoning up at three o'clock in the afternoon or nine in the morning, we're not awake yet. So I, I wouldn't have been able to win that customer, which makes the fact that I can win that customer are obviously more attractive. To people that want to buy us or amalgamate lots of us together or whatever that might be, Yeah, I totally get it. I totally understand why that would be the case.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that this episode came uh, our interview has come as a direct result of listener feedback so people have heard me talk about continuum and the outsource model and want to know more about it want to know from somebody who's actually been there and done it as you have and uh, for all the reasons that I think will be apparent to listeners now you're one of the most open and honest people that I know you share so freely of your sort of time and experience to let other people know about these things so thank you so much for, for all the information you've given us already and no time is short uh, for us uh, today we've got a, a fly off so you can get on with running that brilliant business of yours but as well as owning ATG it's probably fair to say you're developing a reputation as a, a really good speaker in the MSP space and beyond so for anybody who hasn't heard you speak tell us more about crisp packets <laughs>
1: Yes, well, um, so I think I'd, I can't remember the exact year, but very quickly, I'd run, obviously, I'd run ATG for, let's say, 23 years. And I'd run it like most small business owners, which, you know, move out of the way, I'm coming through. I can do it better than you. People used to phone me to you know to get support on a sunday afternoon even though i couldn't support them but they knew they knew i'd end up phoning all of the people that are my support desk saying please help this customer out he needs urgent now blah 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 blah. yeah and um you know I, i can't even though we were making a fair amount of money i still necessarily wasn't happy after a number of years, and this is quite well documented, you know, I, as you said, I'm honest, I am honest to my own, maybe too much at times, but actually that's how I, I'm quite happy to put it out there and take, the, take whatever comes back in return, I'm, I'm cool with that, so this is my way of working now, so, you know, now I'm a reader and now I'm, uh, you know, a go-giver out there, this, I'm quite happy to live this life, so, so one day I come into work and there was a crisp packet screwed up outside my front door at work, and uh, bearing in mind, we're making money, uh, CSAT's good, people seem generally happy at work. And uh, I walked past it, I thought, oh, don't worry, I'll wait see how long somebody takes to pick that up. Cut a long story short, it was uh, six weeks. Ugh. Nobody had picked it up outside the building, and the reason it didn't blow away is because we have a shutter come down. So, overnight, so, it, you know, the crisp packet stayed there. Uh, one night I woke up and had an epiphany, because I also used to fall out with every builder that I'd ever had. <laughs> I was developing a house at the time and I'd always fall out with them because they'd do something stupid, you know, they'd, they'd fit the lights not in a straight line, they'd paint over the plug sockets, they'd, they'd do all sorts of manner of things, and one day I came home and one of them had hung a, a, an ensuite bathroom door, it hung it so when you opened it, it hit the toilet, and my first reaction was, you're fired, get another one, <clears throat> It's was ridiculous, I can't deal with people that are stupid, that was my re- first reaction. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, Pithany, oh, God, it's me. I'm the problem. And definitely I was the problem because I hadn't told people or explained to people what good looked like for the jobs they were doing. So they were just doing what good looked like for the job for what they thought they were doing. And and I did an exercise to show to the guys uh, at, uh, at work why it was my fault. And actually, I was going to change and get out of the way and let them do the jobs that they're paid to do and stop being an interfering old fool. (laughs) And um, it revolutionised things. You know, you mentioned about me being a speaker. Well, I can't can't even believe anybody will listen to me, Richard. I'm genuinely, you know. But here I am. I've got a a Chris packet sitting at the back of me because every video I ever do, there's always a Chris packet sitting in the shot somewhere because I'm now known. Somebody coined me the Chris guy once. I don't know it. So that's what I'm called now. I'm the Chris guy. And that's what I talk about vulnerability of admitting you're wrong and it's you, you're that's the problem and get out the way. That's that's it in the shortest work. I could speak for hours on Chris. No, and I, I'm going to I'm going to put this out there right now. Barry Lineker doesn't like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll only mean something to the UK audience, won't it? And yeah, it, for the, and, and for our American cousins yeah. who are listening to this, and saying, what are they on about, Chris? We're talking about potato chips, uh, the yes. potato chip packet. But I'm going to put it out here right now, Mark. Because this is. An incredible story that you've shared. As I said, you're one of the most open and honest uh, uh, people that I know. And and to share that level of vulnerability um, uh, with others is uh, is incredible. Uh, will you come back on Tub Talk for the next season of the podcast so we can deep dive into this subject? Because I know that people are going to want to hear more about this. So will you come back
1: next season? Of course I will, Richard. Let's, let's set a date up and get it done. And I'm, I'm always happy to speak to you. You know that. Bless you, mate. I really appreciate that. Because so, I know you've got to fly now, but this is
0: such a wonderful story. And actually, now might be a good point. If anybody wants to continue the conversation with you, how can they contact you? So, for instance, your Twitter handle?
1: Is uh, at the Chris Guy. <laughs> That'll make a lot more sense than if we just said that without that story. So. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, at the Chris Guy, or they can email at, mark.matthews at atg it.co.uk or they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm, 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 you know, I publish a lot of stuff on LinkedIn uh, and I'm just Mark Matthews and obviously the company's called ATG. So you've got the right one. Wonderful. Well, we'll include all of those contact
0: details in the show notes, but we'll we'll draw a line under it for now. I'll look forward to having you back on uh, for the next season of the podcast when we'll we'll delve further into vulnerability and the Chris Packett story that we talked about. But for now, Mark, this has been absolutely fantastic. This has been an episode that people wanted to hear from somebody who was working with Continuum and would speak openly and honestly about what that relationship is like. You are making absolute waves within this industry as one of the good guys who will just share with others. So thanks so much for sharing your time today and um, I look forward to speaking to
1: you next season. Richard, it's been my pleasure and uh, happy Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you too, mate. Thanks Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Cheers.